Podcasting from the JNK Twin Studios. This is the show for Reds fans, by Reds fans. Each week, we take a look at the games, the players, and the stories of Cincinnati Reds baseball. Now, your hosts, Scott Evans and Nick Lawson. Welcome to another episode of the Reds Fans Chatter Podcast. I'm Scott Evans, he's Nick Lawson, and uh, we got a new intro. I like it. It's really loud in my headset. (laughs) Hopefully it's not loud in everyone else's, uh, but if it is, uh, you're welcome. Yeah. We're loud. I mean, it's Reds baseball. The team isn't loud. The manager's not loud, so we'll be loud. (laughs) He's soft-spoken, though, when he's loud. I like it. He should be loud all the time, though. So lots of Reds news notes uh, to go over. Uh, First, though. Uh, since the current team sucks and the future doesn't look that bright, let's uh, take a look at some of the things in Reds history. Uh, going all the way back to uh, 2000. Actually, we'll skip that because that's not even that great. <laughs> <laughs> going back to 1975 on September 7th, the Reds uh, with a 20 and a half game lead in the standings. Completely different time. Record of 95 and 47. They may end up losing more games this year. I don't think it's really possible, but it seems that way than they did in 1975. Uh, Anyway, they clinched the National League West with an 8-4 win over the Giants at Riverfront Stadium. Uh, Big Red Machine finished the season with a record of 108 and 54 and still holds the major league record for the earliest team to clinch a division. Even this year. Of course, this year is way different with the 60-game season. Well, that was probably the last Reds team that won 100 games. It, uh, maybe. I didn't, what about 76? Seven, well, yeah, 76, I think, <laughs> they won, I think they did win 176, but those two years would be the last time they won 100 games. Right. Uh, September 8th, 1985, uh, in Chicago, Pete Rose tied Ty Cobb on the all-time hits record uh, uh, list with a single in the fifth inning, and do you know who the pitcher was? I have no idea. <laughs> you know, I don't even know if this guy even remembers. Reggie Patterson. Yeah. No idea. <laughs> <laughs> Never heard of him. Uh, <laughs> he did get a five-minute. Rose got a five-minute standing ovation in, in Chicago and then was hitless uh, the rest of the game. Uh, then the contest was called to something that will never happen again in Major League Baseball. Yeah, I know what it is. Well, you know, I'm not going to say never, say never. This is 2020, so it, it is possible. I can't believe Wrigley went that long without lights. Yeah, they they were they was uh, called due to darkness after the ninth inning with the score tied five to five. Yeah, so it, it's kind of crazy. Uh, I, I guess it could happen now with like a power outage. Yeah, I mean that doesn't <laughs> it, really it, ever happens. So. It, it is 2020 though. Uh, well, 2020 has been a power outage. Yes, it has. September 8th, 1990, uh, the first place Reds kept rolling with 8-4 win over the Dodgers at Dodger Stadium. Uh, Eric Davis went three for four. Barry Larkin, Hal Morris, and Joe Oliver got two hits in the win, and Tom Browning got his 13th win of the season. Man, what, what it was like to be in the Western Division. Uh, in September 9th, 1899, going way back. I wasn't around yet. <laughs> on this date, uh, <laughs> on that date, uh, Reds history, Wade Hoyt was born in Brooklyn, New York, and after a 21-year pitching career, 
that got him into the Hall of Fame. Uh, he became the Reds' radio play-by-play broadcaster in 1942. Of course, his stories, uh, you can go down the Reds' Hall of Fame, and I don't know if they still have that or not. They used to have this radio in the, in the old version of it where you could go listen to uh, calls from Wade Hoyt, uh, some of his rain delay talks, uh, some stuff from Joe Nuxall, Marty Brenneman. Uh, if they don't have that, they should bring that back. I, I may make a suggestion. I, I know everything's high tech down there now, but uh, sometimes low tech is just as good. Didn't they have like a section for like the banana phone? Uh, yeah, they do. They, that's still there. Uh, they got a lot of, uh, still have a lot of memorabilia uh, from the radio booth, and they do have the uh, world famous banana phone. And, and they have a place you can go call the game. It's not with the COVID restrictions, it's not as fun. Uh, because I don't know if it actually picks picks up the voices as well or not. Because they actually they used to have uh, mics that went up that my kids loved playing with. The last time they were there, they're like, "Okay, we're just sitting here watching TV." But <laughs> but no, the, the Reds Hall of Fame is really cool if you haven't been. It, and the new version is very virtual. Lots of interaction. Uh, you can hear Joey Votto tell you how to hit. Uh, Billy Hamilton tell you how to steal bases, and uh, lots of Reds uh, pitching as well. Uh, I, I know. I like the little lounge area they had as well. Yes, I don't. Yes. Know, I don't know if that's still there anymore. But I, I was like that. No, I the, la- <laughs> they, the lounge is gone. Actually, they they auctioned all that off, and a coworker of mine was was in the bidding, but it went way high. I wish I could have been there for that. Yep. <laughs> I couldn't have bought anything, but still, it would have been fun to be there. Right. 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 So, uh, yeah, it was, uh, if you get a chance to go to the Reds hall of fame, it's about the only thing you can do in person Reds baseball this year, especially since it doesn't look like Ohio's governor is going to allow fans at baseball games, only football games, which is ridiculous. Uh, COVID COVID is probably not going to be any better a month from now as it is now. It probably won't be any worse, but it's probably not going to be that much better with all the testing they're doing, all the colleges going back in. And plus, I'm sure there's lots of parties uh, this weekend for Labor Day. So if you're going to let them out, if you're going to let football, it seems like you have to let baseball can be done as safely as anything else. Otherwise, you know, people are going to be going to bars, which is probably a higher risk place to uh, for as far as the COVID thing goes, in my uneducated opinion. <laughs> but I think my opinion is about as good educated as uh, as some of the governors with the decisions they make. But uh Anyway, well, yeah, they probably thought since we're already mostly done with the season, why why worry? Well, about it? he made the governor of Ohio made a comment uh, earlier in the week, and I'm sorry I'm getting off on this tangent, but he did say something like, "Well, we think maybe in two or three weeks we can uh, let fans in." The red season is over September 23rd, I think is the last home date without looking it up. So uh, that's not going to work, <laughs> not for the Reds anyway. Uh, but, uh, maybe next year we'll get things. We'll get back to normal. We'll have 45,000 at, uh, opening day, which would be a record. I don't think you can fit that many people in, but, uh, but we'll see. Time will tell. (laughs) Yeah. I I mean, at this point, even if they did open up full capacity, I don't think uh, you would get full capacity the way the reds are playing. And it's a very flat play and we'll get into that later in the show, but, uh, some more history on this date. Uh, 1947, uh, the Reds celebrated pitching great Bucky Walters with Bucky Walters Day at uh, Crosley Field. And they only got 24351 for that day. Uh, he did please the crowd by shutting out the Boston Braves by a score of 2-0. and 
or two, two, two to nothing. <laughs> Walters uh, was a member of the Reds' inaugural class of uh, Hall of Famers in 1958. Uh, I'll let you have this one, September 9th, 1996. You got to give me this one, don't you? <laughs> well, you brought this one up. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, this was the day that uh, Riverfront Stadium became Synergy Field. It, it, to me, it never really became Synergy Field. And the Reds only got, I mean, the naming rights now go for so much more. In 96, they sold they sold their soul for $6 million. That was dumb. That, that wouldn't even pay, uh, the con- that barely pays a contract of Freddie Galvis. <laughs> I mean, he's still here for some reason. <laughs> That's a dumb, too. That's a dumb use. Two dumb uses of $6 million. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Uh, in 1899, on this date in Reds history, the Reds won two games in an unusual triangular doubleheader by scores of 10 and two, 10 to two, and eight to seven. In the first contest, Cincinnati defeated Cleveland in seven innings, and in the follow-up contest, the Reds defeated Louisville. Uh, National Baseball Hall of Famer and Reds Hall of Famer Sam Crawford made his major league debut and totaled five hits in the span of both games. So they played Cleveland first and Louisville second. Would that be the Cleveland Spiders or the Cleveland Indians? In 1899, whatever the team was. <laughs> I'm not sure what the Louisville's, Louisville's uh, team was either. It's probably in the uh, – well, no, they have been back in the National League at that point. So uh, yeah. I was going to say I thought that might have been the American Association. But uh, – I don't, I don't know my history past 1940, <laughs> <laughs> except 1919. Uh, in 1924, on September 10th, Ted Klazuski was born. Big clue. Big clue. Yep. Uh, in 1939, on September 10th, uh, this is good just because who they beat. The Reds beat the Cubs at Wrigley Field 7-2 uh, seven t- seven by uh, pitching. Uh, wow. <laughs> Stellar pitching of Paul Derringer. It's easy for me to say. Uh, the victory was his 20th of the season. Uh, of course, he's also a member of the Reds Hall of Fame. Uh, September 11th, 1956, the Reds defeated the Giants at the Polo Grounds by a score of 11-5. to Frank Robinson went 3-5 for five, uh, with three runs scored and one RBI in the sixth inning. Robinson, you know, it's it's hard to, hard to imagine he was even playing that far back because you you think of of him being traded in the early 70s and went on to have even a better career in baltimore but uh wow <laughs> it's hard to say uh also uh the, in that game uh, robinson uh hit his 38th home run of the year in his rookie season of course that was broken recently by uh, pete alonzo last year when he hit 53 home runs Pete Alonzo's a beast. Yeah, but uh, home runs in 1956 were a lot harder to come by than in 2019. Well, unless your name was Mickey Mantle. Right. Uh, September 11th, 1985. I'll let you take this one, too. You don't even have to know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah that was the day uh, Pete Rose became the all-time hit leader. Being the king, the man. And who was the uh, pitcher? Uh, the late Eric Shaw. Uh, for the Padres, uh, 47,237 fans in attendance on Maysville, Kentucky night. 
I was watching this game on TV. <laughs> I really, really wanted to go. It was a school night, so my parents wouldn't let me because uh, there was a guy that uh, in Maysville, Kentucky, where I grew up, uh, there was a, a guy who was a local businessman. Every year he bought like five to 10,000 tickets, pretty much took anybody in the town that wanted to go. And it just happened to be that Maysville, Kentucky night was the night Pete Rose got the uh, big hit of 4192. Uh, so that's a little piece of trivia that I'm probably the only one that knows that. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that, that's one of the best moments as far as watching on TV that I can remember Pete breaking up, breaking down at first base, uh, Marge driving the, the, uh, car. I think it was Marge driving or she, she had it driven around the uh, stadium for him, uh, Pretty cool moment. Probably the longest standing ovation I think I've seen in baseball. Yeah, I think it was nine minutes. I think if I understand, it was like nine minutes or something like that. Seven minutes. Was it seven minutes? It was okay. seven and, minutes, and, but still pretty, pretty, pretty emotional. And the game was stopped for quite a while, and I don't think anybody cared. And uh, the Reds did get a 2 nothing victory over San Diego. So back then, they could get a cool moment and win the game. I do remember the image of Eric Shaw sitting on the on the mound, just like, okay, what? When is we going to play? I right. Mean, <laughs> I mean, he was just getting bored at that point after a seven minute ovation. Right. And in September twelfth, nineteen sixty seven, uh, Pete Rose scored four times in a game as the Reds beat the Pirates, something they couldn't do this weekend, fifteen to seven. Tony Perez also drove in four runs, and they got uh, twenty three hits off of Pittsburgh pitching something they uh couldn't do i don't even think this entire four game series get 23 hits off of pittsburgh pitching i don't think they can get 23 hits off anybody's pitching at this point and then in 1978 uh champ summers hit a home run into the red seats in right field at riverfront stadium uh in a 4-3 victory over the astros uh the red seats of course were the upper upper deck of the uh, stadium and very few actually hit home runs into the red seats and Summers was the first red to hit a red seat or red seat home run. And the second uh, player, Oh, he's the first one to hit it to right. And the second player overall to uh, hit it. So that's kind of a look back in history uh, for the upcoming week. Uh, some pretty cool moments in there. Of course, some of the biggest of all time with Pete Rose, uh, Pete Rose's four one nine two. So hopefully we can have an amazing historical moment with this team going forward in this coming week and the coming and the rest of the season by them going uh 19 and 0 the rest of the way i don't see it <laughs> but uh, we'll get into that so this past week was ugly very 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 ugly reds went three and four against the uh, cardinals and the Pirates, the Pirates, you got to beat at least three out of the four. And they should have beat beat them three out of the four. Uh, there was no reason for it. And actually, I think even the game they lost, they should have won. That was a game with the Airs. So really, they should have won all four games. Well, that just proves Joey Votto shouldn't be playing first base anymore. Well, I don't know about that, but, I mean, they got to <laughs> play with some fire. Um, they just can't put it together. I don't know whose fault it is, so I... We'll get into that after we go through the games, but we'll start off Monday night game. We, uh, we were talking about, uh, we were recording last week's show, uh, Reds lost seven to five. 
Yeah, three of those runs came in the ninth for the, from Suarez. So, uh, yeah, they were basically losing this game seven seven to one or seven to two. I'm right. sorry. By the time I got there, as far as Reds hitting goes, uh, Votto had a good night, two for four. He's he's kind of come around in the leadoff spot since he got benched as far as his offensive numbers, but uh, I he, still I still he, don't he think he's a leadoff hitter. No, I still don't don't think he's a leadoff hitter. Uh, I think your leadoff guy, in my opinion, that should be Brian Goodwin. He gets right. on base and he steals bases. He's got speed. I mean, that's what you need right now. Right. Uh, Castellanos kind of in a little bit of a slump. Oh, and oh for four. Winker had a good night, two for four. But uh, and Suarez was two for four. Suarez has really turned it on as of late. Well, he's gotten hot. He's he's picking the right time to get hot. But everybody else has to get hot around him. Uh, Desclafani, Disco, not a good night. Three and two thirds innings, seven hits, seven runs. All of them earned four walks, and, and that's kind of been the biggest thing. When Reds pitching goes south this year, it seems to be uh, walks really bite them. Yeah, it, 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 especially Discofani. When he has a bad start, he walks a lot of guys, and he gives up a lot of home runs, and he gives up a lot of hits, and, a lot of, and then the runs come in bunches. Uh, bullpen, though, came in, uh, held them scores, gave the, chan- the Reds the chance to uh, get back into it. Uh, Lorenzen, uh, four innings, uh, two hits, and Nate Jones of one and one third innings, uh, giving up one hit, no runs. Uh, but as they say, it really only matters what the scoreboard says. And seven to five, Reds lose. Uh, hoping to bounce back the next night. And this one, we can just go through pretty <laughs> quick. Reds lose 16 to two. And we were talking about 23 hits earlier. St. Louis, they got 23 hits against the Reds. We got 23 hits against uh, a guy. Plus, like Sonny Gray started this game, and he was not good at all. His shortest outing of his career. Yeah, two-thirds of an inning. Two-thirds of an inning uh, gave up uh, three walks, five hits, six runs. All of them earned. Uh, Sims came in uh, one and two-thirds inning. He gave up uh, five hits, three runs. five hits in an inning and two-thirds. Yeah. Uh, Bradley came in, uh, got his, uh, first, uh, outing with the Reds, uh, did not bad two hits, no runs and an inning in two thirds. Thornburg came in, gave up two runs. Nate Jones came in, gave up two runs. Iglesias came in, gave up a run. And, uh, Matt Davidson threw two innings, gave up two well, runs. You, you know, when Matt Davidson's pitching a game, you're not doing very well. Yeah, he has a uh, he has a five point four ERA, so may- maybe he should be able to a two way player. Why not? Bullpen's <laughs> terrible, but I might as well put him out there. Uh, Votto in the game was two for two uh, with a with a run and an RBI and a walk. So, uh, I mean, he at least he did something. Finally. Yeah. Um, he also that, homered in this game. That's true. Uh, in the uh, next game, Reds come back. To win it in the ninth in walk-off fashion, Joey Votto, one for five on the night, but that one hit was huge. That was your game winner. Uh, also, Suarez had a hit, and uh, Reds had a home run from Barnhart, uh, and uh, his second Shogu of the year. Akiyama as well was one for two. He had a couple runs. He started right. to come around a little right. bit when he gets to play. Yeah, pitching that night, Tyler Malley, not not too bad. Seven innings, three runs. Uh, bullpen shut the uh, Cardinals down, and uh, Iglesias got the save. Actually, he got the win. Yes, he did. Because there's a walk-off. And, uh, 
So he he was able to perform when he wasn't in a game saving uh, opportunity, which we'll get into more of that. Yeah, I think it's the only time he does good. Yeah, so uh, the Reds had a day off on Thursday. Friday they come in, play a doubleheader. Uh, game one. Uh, game one against the Pirates. Castillo, Not too bad. Castillo pitched and got his first win of the season as the Reds won 4-2 to two, uh, in the game. Um, no home runs by the uh, Reds. Uh, I take that back. Castellanos okay. had a home run. Castellanos did have one straightaway center field. Yep, and uh, Votto in the game uh, was one for three with a walk. Uh, got his average up to 241 after this game. And um, so he's he he really took the, as far as the offensive side goes, he really took to the, uh, took to the uh, um, benching. Yeah, I think the benching helped him a little bit. But He's got a little bit of a hit, a little bit of a hit streak there going. In the uh, second game, though, uh, the Reds, Ugh. yeah, they uh, they should have won a, this one. It should have been a sweep of this doubleheader. Yeah, Reds lose four to three, um, and uh, yeah, this was the game. Trevor Bauer was not happy with. He ended up giving up. Uh, Four runs, but only one of them was earned in six innings. So not a bad outing by Bauer at all. He didn't have his great. He didn't have his greatest stuff, I don't think. But uh, uh, really bad luck in that one inning, especially with the error by Joey Votto, which was just a complete miscatch. I know Joey said he didn't see the ball that well. He did take responsibility. Say wasn't making an excuse, but uh, he kind of did explain how it happened with some of the reflections. Maybe, I don't know if the pirates have ads in the outfield or not, but, uh, something was, something was in the line of sight of Joey. He just didn't see it. And it, it looked awful. Yeah. I mean, I, I play first base in softball and I I'm staring directly at the sun during a play. It is hard to see you pretty much throwing your glove up and guessing. So, and, uh, but yeah, so what, Votto, uh, Bauer was not happy. I'm, I'm glad to see somebody on the team has some fire because Bauer, uh, you know, he's a veteran. That's one thing that this team now has is veterans that can uh, that can uh, speak up on, on play. They haven't had that the last few years, and uh, Votto's not the guy that's usually going to speak up. Uh, I mean, this time it was Votto's fault, but, uh, but in the past years when they've gone into lackadaisical play, no one's been there to speak up. Bauer, I think, has that a little bit. Bauer's also, uh, for his own purposes, a marketer. So some some of that could could hurt him if it goes too negative. But Bauer took responsibility himself. He he said that that included him uh, in that. So it wasn't just Bauer, you know, um, being the typical that you hear sometimes bad teammate where he calls out his teammates, but uh, he doesn't call out himself. He was doing that. Uh, and, um, I don't think it's, this team just can't put anything together. I don't know where that lands. Uh, if that lands on the manager, on the players on all the above, uh, the front office, but, uh, this, have they even swept a series this year? No, they've won some series, but no sweeps that that's you, you, especially in a 60 game season. If you lose series, uh, you're not going to even with the expanded 
Almost half the teams making the uh, more than half the teams are making the playoffs. Uh, you're not going to make the playoffs if you can't go on a uh, a three to five game winning streak or multiple three to five game winning streaks. Um, I mean, no, especially when especially when the Cubs are in front of you are getting when they're going on winning streaks. The Cardinals go on winning streaks. Even the Brewers are not that really that great are going on winning streaks, but the Reds are like one in two games, three games maybe. And then they just fall off the cuff. They're, they're gone. Right. So, yeah, this year their longest uh, winning streak is three games. And their longest winning streak or losing streak is four games. So, it, yeah. it's – and they've had two of those. They've had two of each of those. So, they've, they've had uh, two four-game losing streaks and two – three-game winning streaks. They need about a six- or seven-game winning streak if they want to have a chance of – I know they're only two games out from the playoff spot, but they 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 need to go on a significant run as the season is winding down very, very quickly. Yeah, and, I mean, you're playing the Cubs next. Uh, that's a big series in Chicago. And at least you got to at least take two out of three, or even if you have – try and sweep. I know it's hard to sweep the Cubs in Chicago, but you got to try. Right, and you're never gonna know what uh, you're never gonna know what um, what the weather's gonna be like in Chicago. So I mean, it, Chicago's a weird place. You can you can end up losing three games when normally you should win all three, or you can do the opposite too. So because that win there can really play havoc on you. So um, have the Reds played in Chicago yet this year? Uh, I don't believe so. So uh, the other th- the other thing is how Shogo's going to adapt there because uh, I know for for um, American players that play in outdoor environments all the time because Shogo played mainly on astroturf and indoors so he didn't have to deal with the environment. Wrigley is a difficult place to play outfield, especially the corners there because it, it, they, the corners kind of uh, go back instead of uh, come to come forward so there's a lot more real estate there well wait till next year he's gonna be in san francisco playing <laughs> you talk about when that's a windy place right but uh and then you have the ivy to deal with so it's gonna be interesting to see how the reds do maybe the reds should just set show go for those games because he's he needs it seems like he needs either a reset either needs to be playing every day or he needs a uh, kind of a reset like joey had yeah, I mean, even Freddie Galvis had set out three straight games. He sat himself down, apparently. Yeah, so and it's you know, it's just been such a bad year. Reds uh, record overall, uh, eighteen and twenty three. I, I was hoping to go into Pittsburgh and walk out twenty and twenty one. Right, uh, and then uh, in September, so far they're three and three. Uh, in August, they were 13 and 15, and July, 2 and 5. So, you got to have a winning month this month. This is it. Right. Uh, in one run games, uh, they're 6 and 6, which is a little bit better than they've done in the past uh, as, far as, the, as far as the winning percentage. Uh, they're 500 in those. Um, looking at the blowout wins uh, and losses, they're 7 and 5. Actually, I'm not to, worried about. I'm not worried about that. I just want to. Yeah, I just want to win actually, games. one run games they beat now be six and seven because these stats didn't include today's game, and uh, they have not played anybody well. Uh, it's, they have a winning record against Milwaukee, four and three, 
Pittsburgh, they're three and three. Uh, St. Louis, two and five. The Royals are two and two. Detroit, they're three and three. Cleveland, they're one and three. The Cubs, they're three and four. Um, I mean, the only thing that they've been good at are, are the double headers. In the uh, yeah. d- in the double headers, they're seven and three. And Trevor Bauer's got a couple of complete game wins in there too. In nine inning games, they're ten and nineteen. Yow. And in extra inning games, they're one and zero. There we go. So, <laughs> That's a winner right there. One and zero, baby. <laughs> yeah. So well, we get, you want to talk about yesterday's game of the Pirates? Oh yeah. Did we skip that one? Yeah, we didn't even talk about that one. Uh, look at this game. Eugenio Suarez hit three home runs. I say he's ready. He's he's ready to get going now. He's a slow starter, and he, he proved that. And now he's 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 over two hundred. Yeah, all right. Yes, he yes. is. <laughs> About time. Yeah, in that game, uh, Vada was one for five. Uh, Castellanos zero for four. But uh, like you said, Suarez uh, did the heavy lifting. Three for four. Five RBIs, three home runs. Man, I, that, I think it's the first time he's had three home runs in a, in a game. Is I'm mistaken? I think it is as well. That's awesome. Uh, Votto did have a double uh, in the game, and uh, Desclafani came back a little bit better uh, outing this time. Four innings pitched, uh, two earned runs, uh, six hits. Lorenzen came in. Another good outing by Michael. Uh, Amir Garrett... Uh, Quietly, he's having a really good season. Another, uh, he got the win in the game, no runs, and an inning in the third. Uh, his ERA after this game was down to two point oh eight. Lucas Sims came in, uh, didn't give up anything, and Bradley came in uh, to pitch the ninth of uh, basically perfect baseball. Yeah, Mick Garrett. I mean, like you said, he's having a pretty decent year. Even Lucas Sims having a good year out of the bullpen. He could be your long man. He could be your setup guy. Archie Bradley. Welcome to Cincinnati. Right. It's a Jekyll and Hyde. Jekyll and Hyde City, man. <laughs> oh, man. And then uh, in today's game, which I wanted to forget, it, it looked yeah. pretty good. Reds uh, scored two runs early, uh, gave up uh, two runs in the ninth, and Iglesias could not get an out. Iglesias should not be closing. I don't <clears throat> think so. I mean, they went for the five-inning five inning, uh or sorry, five out close. And ever since David Bell's tried that, I think Brian Price tried that the year before. It's just not worked. No, I don't, I don't understand why you keep doing that. I mean, there when was, you got, you got Archie Bradley was warming up in the bullpen. I mean, there was one year that, that, that was kind of like the end thing that some, some teams were doing. The Reds were going to do it. I think Brian Price's last year, which he lasted 18 games or, or so, yeah. uh, it, it, maybe they tried it the year before. It, what, what, it didn't really work for them, uh, especially Iglesias. When he's in that role, he just cannot do it. It, it's, it may be mental. Uh, there's no reason why he shouldn't be able to do it, but uh, the, the, the proof is in the stats. He's not good in that role. Well, Plus, I think it, it, it could be pitch selection as well. He's throwing a lot of breaking balls. I mean, he's doing a lot of breaking balls at three and two. You're not nobody's going to chase a ball that's down at, at their feet at three and two, right? And I think it's costing him because I mean he didn't have a walk in this game, but he gave up some key hits that were really you know, detrimental to the game. 
And, uh, yeah, just ugly, just ugly. So who's your player of the week for this week? Um, I'm going to take Suarez. I think he turned it up, and he's uh, he, he's starting to kick it in gear. I'm going to go with Suarez as well. Uh, who's your pitcher of the week? Um, uh, I'm going to go with a reliever. I think um, Michael Lorenzen is really uh, he's really coming around. Uh, his, his last few outings, he hasn't given up any runs. Uh, I think he's starting to come around, and uh, once he starts getting hot, that's going to be a big thing in the bullpen. Oh, absolutely! And um, who's your who's your pitcher? Uh, my pitcher, I, I think I'm going to not to steal your thunder, but I think I'm going to go with that as well. Uh, Lorenzen had a started off really rough. I mean, people were calling for him to be sent down to Prasco or just to be cut outright, but uh, he's kind of, he, he made an adjustment, and since he's made that adjustment, uh, he's been really good. So. Uh, don't know if he'll make it back into that seventh, eighth, ninth inning role. Uh, but, uh, he keeps pitching that way. Uh, he can, he can be in that discussion, uh, maybe next year. Cause, uh, Iglesias is just not consistent enough to be your everyday closer. I don't know if they want to go closer by committee or, uh, I mean, I don't know why no team has tried this and this year's Reds team, especially now with Archie Bradley on there, you could kind of go with a. I don't want to call them nasty boys because uh, none of them have that personality. I don't know Archie Bradley, no. but uh, you you kind of go with that concept where you don't have one closer. It's not really, but it's not a closer by committee type uh, type of deal. It's it's kind of like okay, uh, some nights we'll go with Charlton, some nights we'll go with uh, Dibble, some nights we'll go with Randy Myers, with one of them being your main guy, but. Uh, you know, any three of those pitchers could close out your games for that 1990 team. The other two, and uh, the other two, but Myers, I think, was pretty much just used as the uh, closer. But Dibble was close some games, but also was your setup guy. And I think Charlton was mainly the setup guy, but I'm pretty sure he closed at least one or two games that year. And um, I, I think Dibble, I think Dibble was just there to to scare the batters. <laughs> I mean, that leg kick, you don't know where the ball was going. No, and he threw hard. Uh, <laughs> he, he threw very hard. So, and I know they changed how they they measure the radar gun, so I don't know if that would have put him up in the uh, same level as Chapman. Probably not, but he was he was right there. And, and like you said, you couldn't see the ball because he had that high leg kick. And um, and then he, he was intimidating because he, he th- if he didn't like how you reacted, he would just throw at you. He was the original guy that threw the ball in center field. <laughs> yeah, except he, unfortunately, uh, there was people sitting in the stands in center field when he did it. He hit a teacher. He did apologize for it, uh, made it good for, with her. But, uh, yeah, uh, when Trevor Bauer did it, it didn't go anywhere near fans. And, and in today's world, that's much better because uh, we were a lawsuit-happy uh, society back then in the ni- early 90s. We're much more so today. And Rob especially with Trevor Bauer, <laughs> uh, he probably would still be suspended. Can you imagine Bauer and Dibble on the same team? Oh, that would be awesome. That would be freaking awesome, dude. <laughs> yes, it would. Uh, so looking ahead uh, this upcoming week, a big six games. They're off tomorrow uh, for Labor Day, which that never happens in a normal year because that is a huge day for uh, attendance and uh, TV. Uh, but... This is 2020. Nothing makes sense. So, uh, Reds travel to Chicago for three games, uh, then to St. Louis for three more. And uh, I'm going to go. They're going to go 6-0. and 
Because if they don't, then the season's over. <clears throat> yeah, I don't you, see 6-0 happening. Maybe, you know uh, what? I, I like I'm, the way I, you think, though. I'm going to change it because I've been wrong so much. They're going to go 0-6. I'm going to go three and three. I think 500 is a good bet, but I don't think they're going six and zero. Or I don't think they'll lose all games because I mean you do have Gray pitching and Bauer pitching in there too. So right. I don't think they're they're going to have bad outings. So yeah. I think Gray's Gray is due for a, a rebound from that last outing. Yeah, Malley's uh, pitching Tuesday night, uh, Wednesday night uh, Bauer's pitching, and then Thursday Sunny Gray. It's really weird. The Cubs don't list their uh, pitchers for the first two games. Uh, Alzole is going to be pitching against uh, Sonny Gray. Uh, he is 0 for 1 with a 2.08 ERA. Yeah, I've only seen a guy pitch one time, so I, I don't know much about him. Yeah. So that, that's kind of a look ahead. The Reds need to win all six. I don't think – I'm going to go. They're just going to phone it in. They're going to lose all six, and uh, we can just have the season over with. I'm going to be pessimistic for once, which is really not my character. Uh, Scott, I'm disappointed in you. This one. <laughs> uh, before we go, though. Now it's time for Tales, Tales from, from the, the Twitter Sphere on the Reds Fans Chatter Podcast. <laughs> so a new feature on the show. Um, God, that's loud. <laughs> most of the time, <laughs> most of the time, it's been Trevor Bauer. On this segment, this time a guy that I didn't even know was on Twitter, Marty yeah, Brenneman. Marty. So I mean, a Hall lot, of Famer. A lot of times, not worthy. A lot of times, <laughs> the uh, this segment is going to be something funny, lighthearted. But a- after today, and the fact that I realize he actually has a Twitter account. Uh, so at Reds Leg Nation wrote, "Reds lose. That's all we can muster for a tweet right now." Marty replies to that, and and at first I didn't think this was real, but this reads like Marty Brenneman. It is truly unfathomable that David Bell continues to run Iglesias out there. How many times must you lose before making a change? So the Hall of Famer is uh, kind of critical of David Bell. So uh, David, if, if the Hall of Famer is calling you out in retirement – uh, you're in trouble and you can follow Marty at Brenneman underscore Marty. I am following Marty right now. <laughs> I knew he's on Instagram cause he shared uh, pictures of his dog all the time and, uh, him and Amanda's vacations and everything very lighthearted on Twitter. He doesn't post a lot of stuff on his own account. Uh, he posts some, but he, he responds to anything that he sees on his Twitter feed. And he is he is as outspoken as he was on the booth, maybe even a little bit more so. So, and not all of it's in a bad way. He he, it's it's fun to some of the posts uh, or twit tweets I was uh, reading uh, were a lot of fun for Marty. But uh, yeah, he he didn't pull any punches here about David Bell. I saw him call out uh, uh, someone else. I don't think Marty is a fan of the pure analytic. Uh, model which is not working for the reds if that's what david bell's doing the analytics are not working uh some of the other tweets marty is a big fan of nick crawl i've met nick crawl actually spoke to him about 20 30 minutes at spring training in uh, 2017 before he was uh bumped up to the uh, to the official general manager title incredibly smart dude he kind of gets it grew up a reds fan uh so uh I think 
the front office is doing everything. I think the analytics can work, but they've got to find the balance. And uh, that's something they've not been able to do this year. And, or even last year, I think, I think last year they could have been much better than they were. Uh, but this year, uh, they, they cannot put everything together in multiple games in a row. And that part of that has to fall on the manager. Yeah, I mean, David Bell is, is a big part of this. He's the one that makes the lineups. He makes the decisions. He pulls guys in. He takes guys out. It, 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 and it's always anytime you lose, it falls on the manager. It's always on his shoulders because right. he, it's, it's, he's the guy that's there to determine if you succeed or if you fail. And if you lose, like especially today, it's going to fall on David Bell because he didn't pull out Iglesias. Now, now, do you think uh, with this being a shortened season, with COVID going on, with nothing being as it should be this year, do you think that gives David Bell one more chance? I, I think I don't think they're going to fire him if you're, that's what you're asking me. I don't think they're going to fire him. I, I think they'll give him another chance. Probably next year will be it. Uh, it probably won't give him very many games. Because if of, you get if you you play 162 next year, if that's going to happen then he can't go out and you can't go 20 and 50. That right. was a gate. You can't do that. No. I mean, I they mean, remember, remember Tony Perez. Oh, absolutely. 40, 44 games. And how long did, uh, did, uh, Brian Price last his last year? I, I was in Arizona in late April. Uh, surprised and, I didn't, surprised I didn't meet, uh, cause I think, uh, he lives out there. Surprised I didn't see him on the, in the airport on the way home. <laughs> yeah. I believe that was about 18 games. And it was in April he got fired. Yeah, it was in it was in late April. I was in uh, and I remember the the uh, notifications coming across. I was in my hotel at the uh, Homewood Suites in uh, in uh, Phoenix, downtown Phoenix, uh, pretty close to an In and Out Burger, which is a highlight of my trip there. So disappointed that I didn't go back in March when it was scheduled. But uh, if I went out there with everything closing down like it was. I don't know what I've actually been able to do because uh, I was supposed to go to a spring training game. That got canceled. And uh, the only thing else I could do would have been head up north to the mountains where there's no people. <laughs> so That's uh, where I want to live. <laughs> oh, in the mountains. want to live in the mountains with no people. You, you know, I, would, I, would, I don't know how it is in the summer, so I know it gets so hot there. Airplanes can't land, so maybe I don't want to live in Arizona in the summer, but – if I could ever afford to have a home in the winter and a home in the summer, I would love to live in Phoenix. One of the, one of my favorite cities in the uh, country. Yeah. I've never, never been to that part of the country. Yeah. The spring and spring training facility there is great. Uh, maybe we'll do a full show, a breakdown show on spring training, uh, next year, uh, when it happens, but, uh, that'd be fun. Yeah. The, uh, I've been to spring training in Sarasota and I've been in spring training in uh, Arizona and I hated to admit it because I was so against that move. I I had uh, email debates with uh, politicians in Sarasota when they made that move and they were too stupid to realize uh, that the Reds were going to move if they didn't make the move. Yeah. Uh, they didn't understand that. They're like, oh, we, we can't do it. I mean, it was it was a tough time. It was a tough economic time uh, when they made that decision. They just had laid off uh, a number of city work, city or county workers uh, when the when the vote took place that very same day. So, I mean, politically, it would have been really tough to give a major league baseball um, 
team uh, money, but they ended up giving more money to the Orioles uh, to uh, move there after the, after the Reds left. And the Orioles uh, didn't let them, uh, the Reds were like, let the, uh, when the game, when they weren't having their Florida Gulf Coast games there, they're going to let the community have baseball tournaments there, be a kind of a partner with the community. The Orioles, nope. <laughs> no one gets to use it except for the Orioles organization. So, and, and, they paid like twice as much money as the Reds were asking to, to get the team back there. So, uh, but good year. The, the facility out there is amazing. Uh, the practice fields are, are major league quality at Ed Smith stadium. Uh, they were not as much the security's much better in Arizona because I got to the backfields in Arizona with a pass and in Sarasota, I just walked up me, my dad, and my uncle, and uh, like I said, saw I think I said in my uh, in the Joey Votto episode, just said, saw him on the uh, A level uh, team, minor league team, just crushing the ball and batting practice. And we're like, okay, why is this guy not playing? And it turns out uh, he's hopefully a, a definitely a Reds uh, future Reds Hall of Famer and probably a uh, Cooperstown Hall of Famer. But yeah, spring training in Arizona, super super good time. So that pretty much wraps it up. Unless you have anything else, Nick. No, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully the Reds uh, wake up and go on an amazing winning streak. It makes all the complainers look like idiots. Uh, otherwise, uh, I do have one thing. I do have one there real quickly. Okay, go ahead. Before before you sign off. Joey Votto went two for 13 with three walks in the series. Oh. The Pirates. Terrible. Yep, terrible. So, and. Uh, He's not a leadoff hitter. He's not a leadoff hitter. And, you know, there, some of the. Uh, some of the games where he was like hitting home runs leading off, I'm like, if you had him down second or third with somebody on, that could have been uh, more runs and maybe a win. So, yeah. but uh, anyway, he's not there. He's not there, but uh, at least he did respond. Hitting, he's hitting 230 now, which is not Joey Votto like, but he was below the Mendoza line for a period. So, um, glad yeah. to see him getting inching up that way. Hopefully, he can end the season closer to 260, 270. Um, but he, he needs to go on another role as well and, uh, hopefully not put pressure on himself. I think when he came back, he lost a little bit of that pressure he put on himself. And then the last few days he's had the distractions in the field. So, um, I mean, and the umpiring this year has been really bad. So, and, and a bad umpire with Joey Votto is not good because Votto's, uh, usually sees the strike zone as well as anybody. Yeah, and, and and you're having a lot of rookie umpires this year because a lot of guys opted out before the season. That's that's a big thing, and a lot of these guys that didn't umpire past uh, what AAA or something right, like that or right. AA, and now they're up here in the majors calling balls and strikes, and a lot of them are calling outside pitches that are strikes that are not even close. That that's a problem with hitters because they're not used to that. They're used to you know I don't they're used to a Joe West or they're <laughs> right. used to they're used to that uh. What's his name? Uh, Hernandez, Angel Hernandez. That guy, you know, you can't call anything if you looked at it funny. <laughs> uh, but it, it, you know, it, you got to have an umpire that's going to call the balls and strikes correctly because right now they're not. They're, these rookie guys aren't doing it. They're, no. they're calling them. They're calling strikes that are that are below the knees. They're calling strikes that are outside, inside, and not in the strike zone. I don't know where they're looking. 
Maybe they need some glasses on. <laughs> and maybe Votto needs some glasses as well. I've seen that comment as well. So I'm sure the Reds medical staff's on top of it. So. Yeah, he probably probably if he's going to stay for his base, you might need some glasses. You never know. <laughs> or sunglasses, sunglasses at night to get rid of the glare. Yeah, that works. So the, I mean, those ad, those put, the, put the eye black on too. You know that might work too. Those HD uh, nighttime sunglasses that are as seen on TV. How <laughs> did you get them in well, nights? I, I, I used to see Dave Parker put eye black on in night games. Because the the lights would glare off. Right. You know, he, would, he couldn't see. But he would put that eye black on, he'd be fine. So maybe Joey needs to do that. Yeah, maybe. Or so ho- hopefully uh, they turn around these next six games. Huge series against the Cubs and Pi or Cubs and Cardinals, Cardinals. and then um, they the big home, the last home stand coming up after that. Right. So, and maybe, maybe just maybe Mike DeWine will change his mind and let fans in for that last home stand. Fingers crossed. Not counting on it. Uh, but stranger things have happened in 2020. Yes. Well, I mean, the last wasn't the last, uh, I went to the white Sox. They closed them with the white Sox at home. I think, I think so. Before they go to, before they go to Minnesota, Minnesota. Oh my God. That's going to be a crap fest. Uh, you, you never know. So maybe the reds, uh, just can't beat, beat their divisional teams, but we'll beat their, uh, uh, interleague, uh, rivals. Well, unless the last Homer Bailey's pitching all three games, I doubt it. oh yeah so uh anyway looking ahead uh the white Sox come to town then milwaukee and then they finish the season in minnesota so hopefully they're still in it when they play minnesota uh hopefully hopefully they're still in it when they play the white Sox. yeah and they got four more games with uh pittsburgh uh in there as well so one's a double header on uh next monday yep so until then Go Reds. Go Reds.